We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. I went in there, I about threw up. I have a little bit more social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast on Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. As always, here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, <laughs> I think on the last pod we alluded to that the content would be better after a loss, but uh, I'm very happy to not be doing a podcast after a loss tonight. A great, great, very convincing Rams victory. Uh, feel, feels good, man, I got to say. Well, anytime you get a win, you feel good about it. But to get a win over the New England Patriots, even if it's not the same Patriots team that we're used to seeing, it still feels great, you know, just to crush them. I mean, not even just a a, a win, but just they absolutely decimated the uh, the Patriots. They it, it was an amazing win. I I I love it and happy to see it. Yeah, extremely happy, man. It was. Uh, it, I, we we just talked briefly before the show. It's like, like this. This is gonna be kind of a weird pod to do because, like, what, like, to me, there are really like 
two big takeaways from this game. And then other than that, it's just like a very nice win, which is great. Uh, it's like, but I, I, I don't know how you feel. Like to me, it's like when, when games go like this, and obviously I watched the whole game uh, relatively intently, but you kind of like, you kind of like lose focus a little bit when you're just like in such control. Like, like I won't lie. I, uh, I, I, I was watching the game with a friend and I, I, <laughs> I actually missed the, uh, the fourth and one on that, like 16 play drive and I had to go back and rewind it to see what happened. Uh, which I, I want to talk about that a, a little later. Cause I am, I am shook at what happened on that play, but, uh, this is definitely the ideal scenario to be experiencing your football team winning at least. Oh, without a question. I, I, I think that, um, especially so late in the season, um, you know, seeing, uh, the Rams kind of overcome the, uh, the adversity of losing their best offensive lineman. And for the most part, other than against the 49ers, the the Rams haven't really struggled too much without him. So, um, and in this game, you know, we still miss uh, Andrew Whitworth to completely. But, um, yeah, the, the fact that they're able to still do this without him uh, that's that's an encouraging sign for this year and beyond. So we'll we'll see how they adjust uh, because uh, according to several reports, it looks like Big Wit might be back sooner than we expect. Yeah, uh, he he's rehabbing well, which which is very encouraging, obviously. Uh, but I mean, even without him, man, I think this was pretty easily the best game from the offensive line without Whitworth. Uh, I mean, you look at the numbers. Goff got sacked once. To me, it didn't feel like he was like he was getting eaten alive back there. It wasn't the cleanest pocket, but very far from the worst thing he's experienced. Uh, and then on the ground, uh, just fucking unbelievable performance by Cam Akers. Uh, obviously, I've, if you're missing this game, I guess we didn't even announce this, man. If you're missing this game uh, and for some reason are listening to the podcast and don't know the result of the game last night, a, a 24-3 victory. For the Rams over the Patriots, the first time the Rams have beaten the Patriots since 2001, uh, the year they lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl the first time, uh, but they beat the Patriots during the season that year, not in the Super Bowl, obviously. But it has been a long time, and it feels great. I mean, you could tell, you could tell everybody involved in this game was very motivated to beat the Patriots, uh, especially the people that were here during the Super Bowl, which is a lot of the key players on this team. And most importantly, uh, Sean McVay, who got, let's be frank, he got his ass handed to him in the Super Bowl. It was the first game where he really got kind of exposed uh, that people could figure out his offense. But here we are, man. <laughs> 24-3 to win. Uh, it feels great. I, I guess we could start uh, digging into the box score real quick. We'll do that first. Total yards, the Rams won 318-220. to 220 feels like it was a lot worse than that uh it did not feel like the Patriots were able to do much of anything except for uh, a handful of drives and even that they walked away from this game with three points which is which is ironic because that's what we walked away with in the Super Bowl a couple years ago so you you feel fantastic to hold the Patriots three points that feels great Rams had 132 yards passing to the Patriots 113 
which is just nonsensical. Uh, Rams had 186 yards on the ground to the Patriots, 107. Both teams had a turnover uh, in a very uh, like outrageous sequence, which I think we could start, start talk about later. But, I mean, Johnny, we have to start. This game, the story of this game really starts and basically ends uh, with Cam Akers. I mean, this is the Cam Akers game. Uh, we finally have arrived at it. Obviously, he starts getting the ball right after I traded him for my dynasty team last week uh, to get Allen Robinson for the playoff push. Lo and behold, maybe I should have kept fucking Cam Akers on my squad. Uh, he rushes 29 times for 171 yards. Didn't get a touchdown, but it's the most yards a rookie's had in a game rushing this year. He also added two catches for 23 yards. Uh, I'm, and he looked he looked dominant. Uh, there were stretches of this game where he was just hammering the Patriots. Like any time he touched the ball, y- you knew he was he was gonna uh, have a great run. And we're, I mean, this isn't the worst run defense in the NFL we're playing. I mean, it's it's a it's a fairly respectable respectable run defense. It's middle of the road, you know. Um, but I mean, this is the guy we drafted, and we've talked like at length about how. They probably shouldn't have drafted a running back there. Daryl Henderson early on in the season was kind of proving that they shouldn't have drafted a running back there. A take that I, I had and I still stand by, but the take was never about Cam Akers. And Cam Akers is in the building, and he's a guy that we all believed in, even if we didn't necessarily agree with the pick. And we've kind of, even the people like us, I mean you both, who didn't think Cam Akers was the right pick there, have been waiting for them to finally just fucking ride this dude to a victory and this is the game it finally happened 29 carries 171 yards uh besides Jared Goff the only other players that got rushes on the team Daryl Henderson got two for five yards Robert Woods had one for negative one yards Uh, Malcolm Brown was an afterthought in this game it was all cam makers and unfortunately we don't have the, the the snap counts, but I would imagine it was ridiculously heavy in favor of Akers. Henderson was out there a little bit, but uh, they started to really ride him last week, and this is the game where they really took it to a whole another level. Uh, you and I cannot un- uh, I cannot stress this enough. You love to see it, Johnny. Yeah, without a doubt, I I love I love the the. It was only a matter of time before the the Rams truly exposed the type of ground game they have, and I I think I think coming into the season we were hoping that it would be on display for the twenty twenty season, but that might have been that might have been a lot to ask for for such a young running back core in such an odd off season that had zero preseason games. So looking back at it now, maybe it was a little bit too much to expect. And um, now we're finally seeing this come together, especially with a guy like Cam Akers, who, as, as you mentioned, Steve, we may have not loved the pick too much, but we never doubted the, the talent that Cam Akers had. I don't think that was ever a question from either one of us. And uh, as far as that's concerned, we're we're starting to see the benefit of having a guy like Cam Akers on the team. 
The only thing is, um, one of the things I wish that uh, Sean McVay would do a little bit better at is uh, maybe, you know, kind of, I, I know he's kind of going by this committee approach, which has its pros and cons, in my opinion, because the committee approach that he's using is whoever has the hot hand. So basically, if you have a guy like Daryl Henderson going off, uh, you can say goodbye to uh, Akers or Brown um, for for the rest of the game because they're they're going to be an afterthought. I I would much rather them you know divvy up the the carries. I, I guess this is a bad example this game just because Akers just had a monstrous game. I mean the dude had 171 rushing yards. Um, that's that's insane you know, for, for a rookie especially. But, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where you have these talented backs and maybe not enough carries to give it to them. But there, there's there got to be, I think, in the future, maybe if not in 2020, but uh, in the future, trying to find ways to get uh, some snaps to Henderson, to uh, Akers, and to an extent, Brown, you know. I, I, I understand... Brown is going to be an afterthought just because he isn't a, uh, you know, every down back. But that's the point. He's not supposed to get so many carries. But he's, you know, I really would have loved to have seen Brown in the goal line situations uh, this game because it's very clear that Cam Akers is not going to get you a touchdown on the goal line. You know, it, it, it's happened consecutive weeks already. Uh, I, I just think that you, you need to utilize Brown there more and you can argue that Brown isn't a true goal line back and you're, you're probably right, but that's who the Rams have this season. We can make the argument next season if the Rams should go out and get a true goal line back, you know, just, uh, maybe even a fullback and convert them to a goal line back, you know? Uh, that that's something to be discussed in the off season, but for now, use what you got. You know. Uh, I mean, to me, this was the ideal usage of Malcolm Brown in this game. I really think they used him perfectly. Not by not using him. <laughs> yeah, no, no disrespect to Malcolm Brown, uh, who's fine, uh, and and he's been an important part of this team for a while. But he's the third best running back in the group, and I would rather see. I, I so I agreed and disagree with some of the stuff you said. I think in a perfect world, um, Mal or Cam Akers isn't getting thirty carries. I would rather see Henderson get a bit more of those. Um, but all in, in in the same at the same time, it was the absolute right usage for this game. Uh, he was cooking. I think he needed this to re- like last week built up his confidence. I think because he hasn't really like he showed some flashes, but he hasn't like put it fully together and last week he looked like he was starting to and this week he did Uh, I think it was the absolute right call to just ride him into the ground this game and let him have this big breakout moment uh the most rook uh this stat they said during the game it was the most rushing yards by a Rams rookie since uh Jerome Bettis in like 93 I think was his rookie year there hasn't been too many guys that have come since, but there was a guy named Ty Gurley who came in between there. That was pretty damn good. So this is better than any game he had that season. And he ran for hundred yards a couple times his rookie year. 
But yeah, I yeah, I would like to see a little more Daryl Henderson in the future. This game though, uh it was the right amount. I I mean maybe you use Malcolm Brown as a goal line back, sure, but um in this game at least and next week especially against the the fucking Jets, uh I would like to see them let Cam Akers try. Let him see if let let him see if he could figure it out because he is a rookie. Uh he hasn't really had goal line work until the last like 2 weeks. So I, I, I would like to I would I'm glad they're letting him try and maybe maybe if he doesn't get it together next week on the goal line when we play Seattle, uh yeah, maybe you bring him back on Brown. And if you, if you feel he's not gonna get it done this season, then yeah, let Malcolm Brown handle the goal line work. But I, I mean this week I think was the right call to let him try and I think uh next week against the Jets because like I if we if we lose that game, there's some issues with this team. Uh, but both games, in theory, feel like they were in well in hand for the majority of the game. That's my long winner on that. I think, and this like not only was this a big game for Cam Akers, it was a it felt like a big game for Sean McVay, who did not call a perfect game. Uh, I have some gripes with some of the things that happened, but I mean, as much as the game felt like. It felt like it was going to be a Rams victory at halftime, like for sure. The Patriots offense is not built to come back from any deficit, really, especially against this Rams defense. But first drive of the third quarter for the Rams, they go 16 plays, 90 yards, takes up 10 minutes of game time, 942, so nearly 10 minutes. They get a touchdown on this drive, and almost the entire drive is just Cam Akers running the ball. There are, let me count here, three, four, sorry, four passing plays on this 16-play drive and probably like nine Cam, eight or nine Cam Akers runs. There was two Daryl Henderson runs uh, and two, or one Jared Goff run, right? Yeah. So there was nine Cam Akers runs on a 16-play, 10-minute, 90-yard drive that like if, if they had any chance of coming back from a 3 to 17 deficit at the end of the third quarter down 24 to 3 like they are not coming back there's no way this this cam 2020 cam newton is not built for that uh and the 2020 patriots are not built for that so that like i fucking love that drive man and i i mentioned this earlier they they get it for they get it down to fourth and one uh Deep down the field. They were on the four-yard line. They try to do a hard count to get the Patriots to jump off sides. And I'm sitting there like, this never works. This never works. Hard counts on fourth down never work. And they actually took a timeout. I kind of just assumed they would uh, take the delay game and kick a field goal because that's what they were doing. But they, they come back out and... Uh, like I mentioned before, I actually missed this play. I had to go back. I was fucking shook when I saw that they got the first down because of a hard count offsides. I could not believe it. Uh, just credit credit to them that whole drive. That was an incredible, uh, incredible moment for this team. Honestly, uh, a mo- like we've had we've had drives obviously where they come out just looking like like god warriors out there, but this one felt different because. They just ran it down the entire field with Cam Akers, who they haven't been relying on. I loved every second of that drive. 
Yeah, I actually, I, I was actually really pissed uh, on that drive because I, I didn't understand the burn of time out there. They could have easily just taken the delay of game. It was only five yards. And while whether you have little to no faith in Matt Gay or not, they were so close that an extra five yards wasn't going to make a big difference. So I, it, it just it was beyond me that they didn't just uh, accept the five yards and they wasted a timeout only for them to come back on the field try it again and it actually worked this time i i have to say that either mcveigh's super lucky and i i am gonna say he is super lucky or this was one of the most genius plans ever and and while i bit of both i think bit of both uh, yeah okay I'll, i'll give him that much it was a little bit of both but for sure it it let's put it this way if it didn't work again, I would have been I, I think many of us would have been really mad because it's like what what the hell was the point at that but again, I, I feel like more than anything, it was just so lucky on Sean McVay's part. But uh you know, hey, it worked. Um that's all that matters in the end, I guess. So uh kudos to Sean McVay there. Yeah, man. I mean he's a mad scientist. Sometimes uh, his work comes out incredible, and sometimes it doesn't. And I think well, this game was a mixed bag, too, because like after that drive, which was incredible, I kind of hated every other drive they had for the rest of the game after that. But, I mean, it didn't really matter because he clearly trusted his, his defense so much uh, that he didn't really feel like he needed to go for anything. Uh, and that's not my, not my favorite decision, but it is what it is. Um, the rest of the offense, like, Goff looked all right, I guess. Uh, we, I don't really have any takes. This was like the worst game from Robert Woods as a Ram. I feel like he was he he stunk it up. He he kind of did. Uh, you know, I I just in his defense too, it wasn't like Goff was, you know, kind of delivering him in uh, the ball to the numbers or anything. He, he struggled on a on a few that just weren't perfectly placed. Uh, but still, from what you come to expect from Robert Woods, you expect him basically to catch the uncatchable passes, but yet here he is dropping ones that he should catch. Um, but, you know, even on his bad day, it didn't seem that terrible compared to other players in the league. Um, going to yeah. kind of go back to uh, Sean McVay here for a second. Because, Steve, you brought up a good point in that McVeigh just kind of tapered off towards the end of uh, of the game, pretty much when we already had the game in the bag. But um, what what I what I really can't stand in Sean McVeigh is he kind of takes things too safely sometimes. And we've seen this a couple of times, like a. Um, you know, games like against the Washington football team, they could have easily ran up the score, but chose not to and just kind of, you know, uh, played a lax offense once they had the game in the bag. And we see it again here where the Rams could have clearly gotten more points, 
but they decided to go the safe approach. They did very simple, you know, run up the middles with uh, Cam Akers. And to Cam Akers' credit, he got a few first downs um, for basically doing the same plays over and over. It, it just, it, it's a, it, it says a couple of things here. Number one, it says that Sean McVay doesn't trust Jared Goff to not give the game to the to the opposing team. Um, and basically the reason is because they didn't really give Goff the opportunity to also advance the the drive. You know, there was a few times where he did, but only because they they wanted to kind of secure the game, uh, which didn't also work out in his favor either. But that's that's not instilling a lot of confidence there. Um, but as you mentioned, Steve, it also says that uh, that McVay definitely trusts his, his defense, and rightfully so. I mean, there's a reason why uh, the Rams have one of the better defenses in the league. So uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I really wish that. McVay would kind of change that habit a little bit because you're not going to get the most of your team if you're just going to, you know, keep it to a minimum, you know? I, I don't know. May, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but I, I don't think I am. I So I, I think um, it's it's complicated because I agree with the sentiment that you have right now, and I I. I somewhat agree for this game, but I ultimately, like, I feel like it was the right call because, like, th- this Patriots offense was not going to do anything. Uh, but I kind of would like have also at the same time would have liked to let him, like, let Goff, you know, let it rip. And next week, I hope, uh, you know, I hope they take some shots and try some new things against the Jets because, like, you should be able to fuck up a couple times and beat the Jets this year. Like, uh, it, it should be nearly impossible to lose that game. But, but yeah, I mean, and there's been games this year in the past where uh, I, I, he, he's been way too conservative near the end of the games. And this game, it doesn't matter because this offense isn't, or the, the Patriots offense isn't doing anything. But, like, let's say you play even even Seattle, who we, we had our way with. Like, I, ideally, if you have the lead against Seattle, you don't want to go three plays and just give them the ball right back because it's a very talented offense with a very good quarterback. Uh, you, you you can't do that. You have to trust your offense to, to get some shit done. Uh, I didn't love, like, yeah, I didn't love any of it, but at the same time, like, it was it was probably the right decision because the Patriots weren't going to beat us on offense. But, yeah, it's... But, go ahead. But to kind of argue, argue that, you, you look at some of the best teams in the league, teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, would they ever do anything to that situation? And I don't think so. Okay, you but know, you, well, you got you to gotta throw out another example because they're a cheat code. Okay, fine. Uh, how about the Steelers for that same sentiment? They, I know they have one of the best record, if not the best record in the league, uh, despite losing to the Washington football team somehow, um, they still don't have like the same offense like the uh, they they still don't have the same offense like the Kansas City Chiefs. But yet, if they get the opportunity to to capitalize and score more points, they're going to do it. And 
you know, I, I really don't think they have that great of a running game. I just, I don't think so. Uh, you, you might have something through the air though. They, they do have, uh, uh, they do have a, a really good passing a, a attack with all those receivers, but still my point still stands. I, I feel like, you know, these are the teams that are truly make a na- uh, making a name for themselves, and it's because they don't let up, not one second. And while, yes, there is going to be a point in garbage time where you, you could sit your starters, that should be your goal is to to have so many points that you can put in guys like John Wolford in there instead of Jared Goff. You know, I, I think that should be your ultimate goal. But instead, we're still having Jared Goff out there for the final snap because you kind of need him out there. It, as crazy as it sounds, 24-3, while it's a comfortable victory, it's one mistake from, you know, um, putting the Patriots back into the game. I, I don't know. Like, for me, I, I feel like the Rams have the capability of doing so, but... It's just too conservative, too respectful, um, and it, it also shows that you don't have a lot of confidence in certain players, Jared Goff in particular. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree, and I, I kind of wanted them to run up the score in this game because, like, <laughs> fuck the Patriots, man. Run that shit up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it it was probably the right call, but I wish they they tried. And I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to really criticize McVeigh after this game because he he had some like classic like McVeigh gaffes, but overall it was a great game. I mean, before we move on to the defense, like we just take a moment to laugh at how pathetic the uh, <laughs> the Rams two minute drill was in this game. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. Like, I don't even know what that was. That was the one of the worst three and outs they've had all year. Yeah, it, I mean, again, it goes back to being conservative, or at least trying to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that's said a lot. All right. Well, we got it. We got to talk about the defense. Then we got to open with this, Johnny. I I think we owe. Uh, there are players who we've owed apologies to on the podcast this year that we've criticized nope. and they finally stepped up. And this is one that I never thought we'd have to apologize to this year, but I'm super stoked that we are uh, a big moment in this game came when Jared Goff threw his only interception of the day. It was a little of an underthrow to Robert Woods, but also Robert Woods shouldn't have let this become an interception. It was a very fluky play. Uh, the defender, um, Brian ripped it out of his hands, ran it into the end zone. It looked like it was a pick six at first, but he was clearly down upon replay. So situation changes. The ball goes back to the Patriots, and after two plays, <laughs> Kenny fucking Young gets a pick six. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I literally texted Johnny a bunch of crying, laughing, crying face emojis because I could not believe it. Uh, and it was a great game by Kenny Young. The first time we've ever been able to say that. A truly great performance. Uh, we were making fun of him the other week because he had, he had what, like one tackle and 35 snaps? He leads the team with eight tackles today, six of them solo, had a sack. Uh, 
had a pick six. Like, oh man, this this rule, dude. Like, this was a awesome game to see. Uh, our <laughs> not our he's our guy now, Kenny Young. Uh, the defense, maybe the defensive MVP in this game. I did not think I'd get to say that after any game this year. Well, if you were to ask me if if he deserves a, a game ball at any point in this season, I, I would have probably laughed in your face. But um, you know what? He had one hell of a game and, you know, pretty much all faces of, of the ball. You know, he, you know, he did well in coverage. He was the leader in tackles made uh if i'm not mistaken he had a sack as well right yeah he did have a sack i just said that yeah yeah i think yeah, i did so yeah I, I don't remember but <laughs> for sure for sure he had a sack then and you know what he uh he definitely deserves the game ball today will i apologize for my past comments absolutely not just because <laughs> he was fucking awful you know and and i think even he might admit that some of those games he wishes he could forget some of them because man there he was just awful and while i hope this is a turnaround in his career and uh he he becomes that force that we were praying for because i don't know if we could say we hoped for it, because we, I don't we, think any of us. We were never it. anticipating it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, like, for me, I, I hope it is, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, it, it's hard to even say if next week he does, or, yeah, next week if he does well. I don't know if that means anything, because it'll be against the Jets. Um, so, if he steps up against Seattle or Arizona, then then yes, by all means, I, I will be very, very happy. And hopefully this is the turn of his career, but we'll see. Uh, I, I will say, though, kudos to Kenny Young. And I, I am I'm actually proud of the guy because, man, he, he came up in a big way and may have been one of the reasons why the Rams come away with such a decisive victory, because, I, I mean, there there is a. There is a reason why momentum is heavily, um, you know, heavily praised because when you have momentum on your side, I mean, it, it's hard to beat any team that has momentum and uh, the Rams being one of them for sure. So uh, you you take that pick six away from from Kenny Young and I'm I'm not so sure this is such a comfortable victory. It's hard to say that the Rams dagger in this game came, what, the second quarter? And uh, it it really might have been. That Kenny Young play might have been the nail in the coffin. And that came literally the first play of the second quarter. Uh, (laughs) They never rebounded. Uh, You know, they had the the next drive. I I guess credit to them. They came down the field. They had a big drive, 56 yards, and got stuffed on fourth and goal. And, I mean... We talked about the Rams two minute drill. That that play calling on the goal line was abysmal. Uh, that the fourth and goal looked like it had absolutely no chance of working, like none whatsoever. Uh, it's a credit to the Rams defense a little bit, but like like Jesus Christ. Um, 
yeah, I, I hope Kenny Young can keep it up. If he doesn't, I'm happy we got this game. But uh, we'll see, man. That that was a really a really solid performance from him. Uh, and a decent day from Troy Reader, too, in a game where we needed the linebackers to play okay. And and they stepped up. And, I mean, everyone stepped up on defense in this game. I don't think anyone had a bad game. Uh, they Like, the Patriots did complete too many deep passes for how awful their passing game is. Um, Darius Williams got beat by Nikhil Harry, which is not a, a sentence I expected to say this year, but like, didn't matter. Didn't matter at all. Uh, we dominated this offense the whole game. Cam Newton got benched. Uh, I don't think it's a permanent thing because, uh, after the game, Bill Belichick said it, Cam's our guy in an interview, which is like, if he's if you don't plan on benching your quarterback, then it's an even bigger deal that they got benched because that means they were playing really shitty, uh, which is a testament to, to your team. Cam Newton had a QBR of two point nine in Yikes. this game. Yeah, that that's like I think that's worse than Jared Goff was against the Dolphins. Uh, on the collective group of Cam Newton and Jared Stidham, Rams had six sacks. Kenny Young had one. Michael Brockers had two, one of his best games of the year. Leonard Floyd had half a sack. Morgan Fox had a sack. Aaron Donald had a sack and a half. Patting up that sack total for him. Uh, trying to pull up what he's at now. Uh, 12.5. You are correct. 12.5. Uh, Enter this game with 11. So he, he is probably not going to beat. It's um, probably not going to beat what he did in 2018, but it's. He, he already matched 2019, so should be the second highest sack total of his career. So, I mean, just the guy is always phenomenal. Love what you got out of Michael Brockers today. Just, just, just I mean, this defense is, is the absolute truth. I know the Patriots offense stinks, but, like, in theory, a run-heavy team is the kind of offense that the Rams would struggle against because of how good their, their secondary has been, and they didn't struggle one bit in this game. Well, Damian Harris did have a few good runs on on uh, the Rams, particularly yeah. going up the middle. Yes, he did. He averaged uh, five yards a carry, which is a little concerning, but at the same time, they, they came away with three points in this game. Like that's true. So I mean, that's not great, but uh, it doesn't. It, I'm not concerned about it. You I know, know what is concerning, Steve? What's concerning? How the hell did the Chargers get smashed 45 to nothing the previous game? Yeah, absolutely wild. And we we talk about he Cam Newton had more yards in this game passing than he did in that game. That's what's even more ridiculous. He had 119 yards in this game. Yeah. That's that's true. It's just I I it's mind-boggling. Because I, I think the reasons why uh, it, it, uh, people expected this game, us included, expected this to be a much closer game, it's because how well they did against the Chargers. And it, it just makes zero sense. It, not only did they not score much in this game, but they didn't hold the Rams defensively either. Uh, it's it's just mind-boggling. The Chargers scored zero points. 
they were shut out. <laughs> yeah, man. And like the the Patriots have been on and off this year, but coming into this game, they had won four of their last five. Um, they, they didn't beat the best teams, but they beat the Ravens. They beat the Cardinals and they shelled the Chargers. So there was reason to be concerned about this game. Patriots coaches have uh, absolutely owned us the last couple of years, like the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Uh, if you listen to our pod last week or Monday, uh, you you we did mention that. But um, and and if you add up Jared Goff's numbers again, they're still abysmal against Bill Belichick and his disciples. But man, like it feels fucking great to beat this team twenty four to three. I gotta say, uh, this. Is this is this our, is this our favorite win of the year so far? I mean, oh yeah, easily. Yeah, I I I loved whooping up on on Seattle, but I mean, to blow out the Patriots, like like I don't care if Kendall Hinton's back there at quarterback, I'm still gonna be very happy about it. I mean, it's always fun to get a win over your division rivals, but you have a chance to to beat your division rival two times a year. The Patriots, you only play them once, what, every two years? Four. So, every four years. Oh, one, I was, se- I was years. seven the last time we beat the Patriots. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. That 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 alone makes it the – I mean, unless you, you count the – the only other one that I, I guess you could also say is my favorite would be when the Rams beat Tom Brady earlier this season. But it's like it's the fucking Buccaneers. Who cares? Right, right. I mean, there really is no rivalry there. But with the Patriots, there's such a deep history there and such heartbreak there that you can't help but enjoy this a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I do absolutely love beating the Saints, but uh, I, I never knew what it was like to beat the Patriots or Tom Brady. Uh, this is this is great. This is phenomenal. What a day. What a night. <laughs> Steve will sleep soundly and peacefully tonight. Uh, I will sleep like a baby. This is this is fantastic. Uh, I mean, any other takeaways from this game? I oddly bad game from Johnny Hecker. I thought for punting six times, he didn't have a punt over fifty yards. Uh, yeah, I noticed that myself. I was. I was like, is is Johnny Hecker hurt or something? Like, did they send Matt Gay out there to punt or something? I, I just, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. And, like, I I think more than anything, when we sit here and look back on this game, like, they won 24-3. to The game was in hand the whole time. And you look at the team. Johnny Hecker had a bad game. Robert Woods had a bad game. Jared Goff didn't have his best game. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it a bad game, but it wasn't a good game. And we won in convincing fashion. I mean, to me, against a team that's not bad, uh, a team that might have been in the playoff race still if they won this game, but probably out now. That's the mark of a contender to me, man. That is a mark of a team that could go deep in the playoffs. Well, the next week is a tough game. I mean, they almost... They almost beat the Raiders, so we gotta we gotta prepare for next week as well. God, the, the Jets could not come at a better time in the schedule. Uh, I do wish they beat the Raiders because they wouldn't be hungry for that win. But like, they play at Seattle this week, then at Rams, then they get the Browns at home, and then close the season with the Patriots on the road. 
Like, they're not winning a game. And I don't know if you know any Jets fans, but uh, the Jets no. fans are absolutely rooting for them to go 0-16. Well, I mean, they, they want Trevor Lawrence, I imagine. Yeah, and the Jags suck. So, like, they might need to go 0-16 to get the first pick. Yeah, there's absolutely no question. But the, the funny thing is, did we really expect any other team to be there other than the Jets and the Jaguars? I mean, I, I don't think any of us really expected another team to be there to take that number one pick. I don't know if I expected the Jaguars to be 1-11. in 11. Uh, I expected them to be horrible. But, like, I mean, the Jets, this is, is not surprising. I mean, they sold off every player yeah. they possibly had. I, I guess like, you're right. Like, they, I don't know who else I would have put in the category for potentially being the worst team in the NFL. It was the Jets at a heavy favorite. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, probably Jacksonville was right there. All, all I know is I, I was I was dying laughing because I, I have uh, a few Raider friends and they were celebrating after they won the game, you know, posting on on Instagram and Facebook and everything saying, yeah, the Raiders won. And it's like, dude, you guys barely beat the fucking Jets. You realize that this is a team that hasn't had a single win. 11 games into the season. <laughs> what I'd be embarrassed. I even even with the win, I'd still be embarrassed to say anything. Yeah, they fucking stink. I can't believe they beat the, the Chiefs. Uh I mean, they they are the Chiefs. They are to the Chiefs what the 49ers are to us this season cuz they almost beat them again. Um, That's true. But their last two games, they've got sent to the shadow realm by Atlanta and beat the Jets on a last-second play that literally got the defensive coordinator fired. (laughs) And a former Ram, too. Yeah, Greg Williams. uh, Not our boy, but I always thought thought he was a good defensive coordinator— um, as I've said publicly many times, he was the scapegoat for Sean ba- Payton and Bounty Gate, um, and <laughs> always ends up back to the same. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe how horrible he was this year. Like truly, or with the Jets in general, he was awful. I still think he was a scapegoat again. I, I think they purposely lost this game, um, and they wanted to make it seem like. Hey, uh, that was a terrible decision. We don't, we don't agree with this decision, so we're firing you. Um, but I, I totally believe they tanked purposely. I don't know. I don't think they did. I think it was like an actual Jets thing that happened. <laughs> was... <laughs> uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> uh, that was so bad. Um, I'm trying to look at my notes, see if I got any final thoughts on this game. I will say for for Jared Goff's faults in this game, really, really nice touchdown pass, the one he had to Cooper Cup. Uh, That was a dart. It was perfectly timed, uh, good on Cooper Cup for not only catching the ball, but staying in bounds. I mean, he's showing what 
the reason why that um, at, even Bill Belichick mentioned it before the game was that we never really faced Cooper Cup, and he turned out to be uh, a, a factor in this game. Maybe not a huge, huge factor, but a factor nonetheless. And it it's something we've always brought up before is if Cooper Cup plays in the Super Bowl, is there a different outcome or is or does the game become a little bit closer? Hard to say, but I, I'll tell you one thing. I really wish that the Rams had Cooper Cup in, in, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, they missed him, but, I mean, <laughs> they were so embarrassing in that game. I don't know if having Cooper Cup there would have changed anything. Hard to say, but uh, I, I'll tell you one thing. I really wish we had him. I really <laughs> Yeah, I'm, uh, hey man, I'm happy to win this game. Uh, the Rams, looking forward, they sit at 9-4, and four, finish the season with the Jets at Seattle and home against the Cardinals. I mean, they w- they win two out of the three, they finish 11-5, and five. would love to get to 12-4, and four. would absolutely love it. Uh, I'd be happy with 11-5 and five if that's how we turn out. Uh, with this win, they would need a lot of shit to go wrong to miss the playoffs. A, a lot. And they would have to lose out. One more win and they clinch the playoffs, which is I, – or I think that's true. No, it's that might not be true. But they're basically in. Um, they would need a lot to go wrong to miss the playoffs right now. And if they end up 12-4, and four, guess who predicted the correct Woo! record? Was that you? Yep, I, I said 12-4. and four. I don't remember what I picked. I got to add them up later. Did I say 12? I feel like we both might have said 12-4. and four. I don't remember, but I, at least I'm pretty sure I said 12-4. and four. Uh, Yeah, I'm about 90% certain. Uh, I am adding mine up right now. I had the Rams going 11-5. and five. Yeah, so I probably had the twelve and four. Yeah, you you definitely had twelve and four. You definitely had higher than me. Um, either one would be, either one would be great, man. Uh, and unlike last year when like we went nine and seven, like the, we're we're a real team this year. It, it's great. It, it makes me happy. Um, they are going to be one of the best teams in the NFC with this defense. There's no doubt about it. Um, right now, you might say the Packers are better. You might say the Saints are better, but they're not that much better. Uh, and it's easily like if we played those games, it wouldn't be like every single person would pick the Saints or the Packers to win. You know, like we're in those games, we're in the mix. Some people listening right now might be shaking their heads, like we're better than the fucking Saints, we're better than the fucking Packers. Like um, we're right in the mix, right in the mix. Uh, Seattle week sixteen, assuming we beat the Jets. I don't like looking past teams, but like, come on. That game with Seattle will probably seal the NFC West because they play the Jets this week. And then Washington next week, although Washington knocking teams off. Yeah, they're they're trying to they're trying to knock teams out of the playoffs or or at least out of place. Um so uh hey, I mean the the Giants knocked off the Seahawks, so why not? Yeah, you know, looking at Seattle's schedule, man, they've had a pretty cupcake schedule. 
Their best win yeah. is the Dolphins. They beat the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Niners, and the Cardinals, and then a bunch of teams that suck. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, I, I I think because uh, the the Seahawks play the Jets next, right? Yeah, they got the Jets yeah. this week. Well, if they lose to the Jets, we know they're just pretenders. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, after all this, we can't lose to the Jets. Serious. We can't do it. Um, all right. Well, we'll probably be back next week. I don't know if you got anything else to add. Nah, I think we said it all. So uh, go Rams. Go Rams. Uh, well, Derek will be back with a, another pot, I'm sure, coming up this weekend or early next week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at TalkRams, at Johnny5.6, at Barrow. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't, and we will be back next week. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me? Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.